When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. It finished Leicester 4, Forest 0 and another disappointing evening for the Reds. This time down the road at the King Power Stadium. A 4-0 defeat to a Leicester side who, before kickoff, were bottom of the table. Forest have now replaced them as the bottom team in the Premier League. And goals from James Madison, a brace for him. Harvey Barnes and Pat Sandaka were the difference. 4-0 the scoreline. And it continues Forrest's poor run of form. They've got four points from their opening eight Premier League games. They've conceded 16 goals in their last four. And they've lost their last five on the bounce. Well, that one stung last night. I've got Tom Newton with me to talk about the game and and reflect on events in Leicester. We'll start with the team news. So Forest Forest team was three changes from the Fulham match. So Lewis O'Brien, Jesse Lingard and Chet Kuyate coming in for Ryan Yates, Remo Froiler and Willie Bolly. It looks as if Forrest might have gone to a back four for this, but Paul Taylor, he seemed to think it was 3-5-2. Tom, how did you see the, the team lining up when you saw this starting eleven come out? I thought it was uh, Neocarte and Mangala away from a strongest available eleven, And um, Mangala's on the bench and he'll later come on. And then obviously Neocarte is still injured. And you look at it and you think, oh, it wasn't a bad side when you look at it um, O'Brien coming to uh, midfield which everybody's been asking for since he um, come on against uh, Fulham and was our best player in his 26 minute spell I'm lo- looking at it it wasn't a bad side on paper but we I don't want to um, criticise players too much but last night was embarrassing and in the last few results you think the Bournemouth one coming on the back of a um, Thumping at Man City, which I think we should have done. Not uh, we know Man City are in a completely different universe to us, but I did, we didn't make things easy for ourselves that night. We thought that the Bournemouth game was just like a, a collapse, but as soon as the first goal goes in at the moment, we just collapse in like in quick in quick time. Basically, it's absolutely unbelievable the the levels of collapse. I mean, it's the like the confidence goal went, goes, doesn't it? They just oh, it's it, like it just drains out of them. Yeah, and the, there's no players out there digging another player out. And like Steve Cook was trying, but everybody's like heads were down. And it, having said that, if if a, a one is got a chance goes in, what hits the post, it could be a completely different game. There had heads might drop, but to be honest, Leicester could have been a couple of goals up before they even scored the first. I mean, Vardy had a couple of openings. Yeah. Um, Chisby Hall had that header on the back stick, which he should have buried it. So, and I don't want to be like too 
much doom and gloom, but in our one game this season where we won a game of football against West Ham, we was lucky to win that if you look back. I mean, they had a goal disallowed, they've hit the post, they've hit the bar and Henderson saved a penalty from Declan Rice. So, yeah, we're just very naive at the moment and in it doesn't seem that we um, learn from our mistakes. We keep making the same old mistakes and etc. And last night was a, like Leicester. We know their struggles and everything, but we made them look like prime Barcelona. And they just come from midfield like hot night through butter, and it was frightening at times. And um, yeah, it was a very bad night um, at the King Power last night. You mentioned the Awani chance. It was a nice bit of football from Forest. In fairness, ball gets threaded through. Morgan Gibbs why he plays it in for a one year, he runs onto it. Um Danny Ward comes out, he, he tries to f- almost flick it past him, but it go- it comes away off the post. And then within a few minutes, Leicester go up the other end and score. And this was another example, I think, of Forrest being architects of their own downfall. They're defending. Jesse Lingard slashes at the ball, makes a hash of the clearance, it falls to James Madison. Okay. It's a deflected shot that wrong foots Henderson and, and goes the other side of him. It goes off Scott McKenna and in. But again, it's just that that naivety and that that it, again just making it too easy. And it's like we could have been in front with that opportunity. We concede the first goal and it all falls to pieces again. And it's that pattern that keeps repeating itself. Yeah, that chance from Oni, it was kind of it was such basic football, but it was effective. It was like three passes and we've met, created a chance. Then they go at the other end. We we know Madison can hit a, um, hit the ball from anywhere in terms of if he's like 30 yards from goal. And the ball comes to him and it's just, he's hitting. Nobody's like really put much pressure on him. It's like come off McKenna. And you, it's just like a sense of inevitability about Forrest at the moment. It's like letting these like players who are having... Shots on the edge of the box, and then they're looking around thinking, Well, what can I do? Well, you can do a lot more. Um, there was a period in the uh, back end of the first half where uh, there was Lottie Lingard, and I can't remember who the other one, and they were just like standing there, like watching Leicester. This is Leicester, <laughs> bottom of the league, who up until last night had not won a game. You got a goalkeeper who lets a goal in every two shots, and there's just nothing there. It's like just foul someone just do something just like get the fans up and it don't, didn't happen and um and, and people say oh the second half was like a bit better no it wasn't we still one we still lost the second half when Patson Dacker scored and they took the foot off the gas because they knew the, the points were in the bag it was, yes it was a bit of a damage and limitation exercise and I do feel sorry for uh, for Cooper that the core of that side what's got us here is no longer there um, I, I don't know who's, um, in terms of recruitment, who has the final say. Um, I sincerely hope it's Cooper, but like I said, that core, that team spirit is absolutely disappeared from this side. They're just a, a team of strangers who amble around the pitch feeling sorry for themselves. And there's like 10, five or 10 minutes pocket of play away. It looks quite good, but. Football, you've got to do more than that if you want to win football matches and ultimately we're not doing that at the moment. Those same fragilities came back. The, the this, this collapse and this concession of quick goals. It happened 
okay, it happened at Man City, but you can say that's Man City. They've just put six past Man United this weekend. But Bournemouth and Fulham, similar story where we concede one and then it all just starts going to pot. Two minutes after Leicester take the lead, ball gets played out to the left-hand side. I think it's Madison pings it, Vardy's got it. He then plays it back to Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes gets to the edge of the box, bends one into the far corner. It's 2-0. And when that went in, I just felt a pang in my stomach, a horrible pang of like, here we go again. It's another opportunity tonight and it feels like it's slipping away from us. Yeah, and that's where the naivety comes from. If you've watched Harvey Barnes over the last three or four years when he was on loan at West Brom and obviously... He gets the ball. He always wants to come on his right. So what do we do? Let him come on his right. And he just pinged it in that bottom corner. And I had the same feeling that this could turn ugly. This, The way they were playing, the way we were playing, I, I thought this could be four, which ultimately it was. It could have been five or six. And let's be honest, like I said earlier on, before Leicester scored that first goal, they could have scored two or three. And we just can't stem the tide at the moment. It's... I, I, I like I said, I don't want to. I know it's like um, still quite raw following last night's uh, result, but we've got to be the most naive football team to ever grace that Premier League. It's it's time time and again, same mistakes, the naivety, the collapse, the fragility out of all of it, and you just combine that together, and just that's why we're not winning football matches. And in the last couple of weeks, we've played a Bournemouth side who. 2-0 up um, at home and we lost 3-2 we've lost against um, Fulham where we were 1-0 up at home last night it's like Wednesday people say I have some perspective but I just want Forrest to have like show a bit show a bit of heart and a bit of like um, just solidify things we can't even see that and I mean we've got Villa next week and we've got Wolves um, following Saturday but you know, so I just can't see where this next win's going to come from. And everybody said in pre-season, oh, first things first, let's get to 11 points. <laughs> we're, we're a long way off from getting that 11 points, and which ultimately Derby got in the, I think it was the 07-08 season. And we just look miles, miles off. And yeah, I, and obviously all the rumours are out there. I do feel for Cooper, but I don't think he's the sole blame for all of this. No, there's um, there's plenty that's gone off this summer that you could point to as as a factor in this. The the signing of all the players, the failure to sign the loanees. Coming back to the team and and how they're playing, though, are we just too open? Are we just trying to be a bit too gung-ho? And in doing so, we're allowing teams to just walk through the midfield. Should we be playing more defensively and batting down the hatches a bit? Yeah, I'll... I think that's got to be the way to go now because I watched, I think it was the second goal what Leicester scored. I watched a bit um, of Sky Plus uh, Monday Night Football last night and they were doing their analysts, uh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. And we wouldn't have seen this because obviously me and you was at the game, but there was a, um, a bird's eye view of the pitch and you had Awani, Gibbs-White, Lingard, Johnson, four players on in and around their 18-yard box, which was obviously at the op- um, the opposite end where the away section was. And Mad- Madison's pa- uh, pinged this ball to um, Har- uh, Vardy, because he obviously plays it to Harvey Barnes. 
and no word of lie, there was nobody in a forest shirt 70 yards from Gibbs White or 1A Lingard Johnson to the defence. I think they um, obviously had McKenna there, Cook there. Uh, I think Keate was around and O'Brien. And there was just a massive gap. Mm. And it was staggering. It was... I just looked at it, paused it and thought, wow, that's the problem. Um, let's just keep coming through the lines so quickly and so easily. And that's our problem. And I mean, I know Steve Cooper's got this style of play, this philosophy, but it's not working. It's we're so far open. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, against Fulham, um, when is it um, the Portuguese guy who scored the um, the goal? Alinha, yeah, yeah. He had acres of space, and you just can't let this these players have this acres of play, um, space and just like pick the ball wherever they want it, like top corner, bottom corner. You just can't do it. And yeah, for, I think Forest have got to go back to basics. But with the philosophy and how Steve Cooper wants us to play, I don't, I don't think that's his style. And I've, is it kind of being too stubborn and? And all of that. I mean, we, we tried it the other week, if you remember. We didn't play a strike. We tried, played like Johnson, Lingard, um, Gibbs White, etc. Just, it just didn't work. I think we've got to go back to basics, but I just can't see Cooper changing his philosophy, to be honest, because he, he wants to play in a certain way. Leicester made it 3 0 on 35 minutes, and the game looked gone at this point from a Forest point of view. James Madison with a free kick, well taken. Gets it in off the post. Again, it it comes from Forrest giving a foul away on the edge of the box. And you've got a player who can pick his spot from distance. And we were punished yet again. So we're going to half-time at 3-0 down. Cooper makes three changes at the break. Nico Williams and Czech Kiarte, both of whom were booked in that first half. They come off. So too does Lewis O'Brien. On comes Serge Aurier, Remo Freuler and... Ryan Yates and it looked like we went to a three in a midfield rather than that sort of two in front of a back three. You mentioned that Forrest didn't particularly play all that great in the second half either but it was an improvement of sorts wasn't it? It just Forrest had a little bit more about them in that in that second half after going to the three in midfield for what it's worth on the you know even they only lost the second half 1-0 rather than 3-0. Yeah it did look a bit better, but I think ultimately Leicester took the fuck off the gas. They knew they three 0 up at home. They were going to win that game, so I don't think you can take much of out the fact that all right, we still lost the second half. And for, did Forest play better? I, I honestly don't know. But one thing we we know he has got his limitations, Ryan Yates. But Ryan Yates was like running around and actually getting a foot in. And that never happened in that first half. Just a couple of challenges. There was one where he, I can't remember who it was, but he, he chased him down and like slid in and got the ball back. And it was a really good challenge. And I thought, um, on the night, I thought, oh, that was a decent challenge. I've looked back and I thought, oh, that's a cracking challenge. <laughs> but just a, bit, just a bit of fight. But like I said, the job was done in the Leicester uh, form, wasn't it? In terms of like, they, they knew they weren't going to... Um, lose that game so um, but um, yeah it's just uh, worrying at the moment where like I said earlier where that next win is going to come from but I said in the um, previous match report that I don't want to just single in because he didn't do this last night but it was just a point I made at the time I think it was in the Fulham game 
or after the Fulham game that Ryan Yates, you can't go around plowing into players. And I know he didn't do it last night, but Chiarte, for the size he is, he did he lost the ball and all he needed to do is just play it out wide. He tried to, he never got the uh, thing under control. And I'm like thinking for a Premier League football, he, you've got to control that ball a bit better. It was a bit cumbersome. He lost the ball, he chased back and instead of like trying to get his body in front of between man and ball, he's just gone straight in the back of because he knew the foul was coming mm. and I think that resulted in Madison scoring that free kick and made it 3-0 and uh, that was that last night. Yeah. Forrest did have chances in the second half. Um, Tyro Wanyi was, was through on goal. He again had Ward coming out to meet him. Went for the far corner and Ward parried it and, and saved it. It fell to Brennan Johnson, but he couldn't follow up. His first touch wasn't great and the chance was gone. Emmanuel Dennis came on. He had an opportunity. He was played in, but he dragged his effort wide. That was really the best that Forrest mustered in the second period. And it was Leicester who scored again. Pat Sandaka played the ball out wide for James Madison. Madison back into the box low. And Daka with a, a back heeled finish that that was that was nicely taken, but again just you know set the seal on it from a Leicester point of view. Disappointing again from Forrest, and you know it added even more embarrassment and disappointment to the scoreline from our point of view. I think it's worth mentioning the Forest fans in that corner of the King Power Stadium. They were brilliant in the second half. There was a good 10 minutes or so around the hour mark where they were just chanting Forest and Magic on and off the pitch and it just kept going and going and going. And in the face of being three goals down and having your, you know, Leicester gloating in your faces at, at being in the lead, I thought Forest, the Forest fans were brilliant there and just showed their support for the team and for Steve Cooper as well. There was some Cooper chants going around also and, a real uh, show of defiance, I thought, from the Forest fans. Definitely. it's Last night, as bad as it was, the only thing what was good is, was the fans, really. <laughs> On a night last night, which it was like uh, embarrassing. Yeah, the, uh, the fans is the only thing the club had last night in terms of heart. Um, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really want to criticise the players and I'm not saying they're not playing for Steve Cooper, but yeah, it wasn't good and Thankfully, the um, the fans um, we didn't do a Man United uh, what they did at the weekend, where they left at half time. We stayed until the bitter end, and yeah, there were a credit last night, but they've been a credit for years and years and years, and that will never um, stop. But uh, it'd be just nice to um, get a point and put some smile on their faces in the next coming weeks. Hopefully so. And now we'll hear the view from the opposition. So it's over to Chris from Leicester Till I Die TV. Couldn't sleep last night. Very excited. What a performance. Um, I wasn't expecting that, as uh, somebody once said on Britain's Got Talent. I mean, that is how we should be playing. Um, we basically did everything to you last night that you did to us in the FA Cup last year, or this year, rather. Um, You know, we didn't let you settle. We got to every second ball. 
Um, you know, we, 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 we got your players arguing with each other. You had to make the substitutions. You know, it was just like, where did that come from? Um, we've had a hard start. You know, we've played Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Man United and Tottenham uh, for the big six in our first sort of seven games. But we've also lost heavily to like Brighton and Southampton. Uh, so it was a it was a joy to see the fact that we we not only won uh we not only sort of sneaked a win although i would have taken that if jamie vardy had farted the ball over the line i would have quite happily accepted that um but no we uh, we demolished you as much as you did to us in the fa cup uh, the difference obviously was that we got a goal you didn't <laughs> sorry had to mention that uh but yeah uh, I thought, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, it's only Nottingham Forest. Well, we were only Leicester City because we were below you before tonight. Uh, it's helped the goal difference. And I like Steve Cooper as a manager. Um, whether there's any rivalry or not between our two clubs, that's for fans to decide. Uh, it's just nice to have another East Midlands club uh, in the division with us um, to play because up until then, our nearest... Um, rivals, if you like, were Villa in as much as um, sort of for the Midlands. So it's nice to have a Midlands team back there, uh, back, you know, playing with us. You'll be fine. I, I haven't got you down uh, down to go down. I've got you, I think, finishing 15th or 16th. So, you know, you've you made a lot of signings. You had to make a lot of signings. And it's going to take time for that to gel. And I hope Steve Cooper, he's given time. He spoke very well after the game yesterday. Um, obviously, you know, whether I can go as far as wishing you luck, I very much doubt it. Because if you go down, hey, you want us to, we want you to. But, um I think I think the better team won last night, um, and look forward to the uh, reverse. Um, that dish was certainly cold, but revenge was very nice. Bye bye. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Thanks, Chris, and I think some very reasonable comments in there. The news coming out after the game last night, Tom. There were reports starting to circle on social media suggesting that Rafa Benitez is in the frame to replace Steve Cooper as Forest head coach. The Certainly Cooper's got the backing of Forest fans on social media from what I can see and at the game last night the fans were chanting his name and showing their love for, for Cooper. What do you make of these reports that have come out and the Link that Rafa Benitez could be in the frame for the Forest job. Um, a bit indifferent, really. I'm not. I think he did all right at Newcastle. You got to look on his last. You got to look on his like last um, appointment, which was um, at Everton, which was ultimately a disaster. Um, I said after the Fulham game um, that. The writing was on the wall for Steve Cooper, and like he says, he's he'd been dealt to like a an unreasonable hand, really, in terms of he's lost the core. What's got us here? Um, the likes of uh, Zinkanaka. I mean, Zinkanaka was hit and miss, but he never um, he never down tools. He was basically, he was like always putting the effort in. James Garner ran our uh, midfield. Jed Spence, which 
in the summer, I thought Nico Williams technically might be a better player, but looking how we play, I'm like thinking we'd probably miss the chance in getting Jed Spence, but I think that was already like cut and dry that he was going to Spurs. Um, obviously, Keenan Davis, it, it's one of them, isn't it? So, um, in terms of he's gone to Watford, which is a championship club, and we wouldn't pay the 15 million and he had his injury. So, the core is gone, and he's basically got to start again with this team. and we're, we're basically learning on the job in terms of like uh, chemistry, understanding partnerships. So I do feel for Steve Cooper. I don't. I would love him to stay for everything he's done. But like I says uh, after the Fulham game, Maranakis is only going to look at two things. He's going to look at a bank balance which is 150 million light, and he's going to look at Nottingham Forest, which on the bottom of the um, the league. Um, with the reports what come out last night, um, and we're doing this at what one o'clock the following afternoon, and no news has come out that he's lost his job, so nothing's imminent in my view. Um, there be a obviously an analysis and a debrief of and dissecting what happened last night, um, but. I don't think it can go on much longer. Um, I mean, the next two games are absolutely massive, but we've said that for the last two games, which are massive. When you look at um, getting points on the board. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I would love Steve Cooper to turn this around. Um, the, but like I says, he's not all to blame. I think it's like a collective of the club have gone a bit... I know it had to be done, but I think it's been a bit gung-ho. I think it would have been nice to keep the core, then add to it. Um, and that didn't happen. We've just basically that core's gone. This is another core which it's going to take time. And I just hope Steve Cooper stays in the job. But like I said, if this carries on, I don't think he'll be in the job um, much longer. But yeah, the names what have been banded around. It's a bit, it's a bit uninspiring, really. I mean, if you if you look at it, it's like Rafa Benitez. Everybody goes on about his last job at Everton, which was a disaster. Sean Dyche. Is he going to be in the mould of what Maranakis wants? Possibly not. Um, the other one, what I said, and I'll probably get dismissed uh, by this, but Bruno Lager just lost his job at Wolves. And I think he was ex-Olympiakos. So whether that might have any um, substance, I don't know. But at the moment, Steve Cooper's still in the job. And I sincerely hope that he's uh, still in the job come the Villa game next Monday night. Indeed. And I think looking at the way that the fans have come out in support of Cooper, there's clearly a lot of credit in the bank for him as far as the fans are concerned. What the board do, obviously that's up to them. We we don't really have a say in that. But when you look at the way that Cooper transformed Forrest when he came in last season, He's one of the up-and-coming young coaches in the country. His track record shows that. I would be inclined to give him at least until the World Cup. And that gives you 16 games. You know, that 16 games gives him a bit more time and more opportunity to get to know these players. I look at it and think if you'd have given any manager in this league 22 new players to integrate into their squad, even Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, etc., they would have struggled. It's a, it's a very difficult task that Cooper's been given. 
he performed a miracle to get us up and it's like he's been rewarded by being handed a, a very, very difficult task to integrate 22 new players into a new league that he's not managed in before. The club's not been in for 23 years. I think there's so many caveats to this that, that for me, make it make me think that he should get a little bit more time. And yeah, Rafa Benitez, he's got a, a strong CV in the past, but I look at his style of play and, okay, whilst defensively he his teams are generally quite solid, I think it's a bit of, I think it's a style of football that's a bit of a relic now. These kind of managers are being fired by clubs and for a good reason, you know. He left Everton last year because of the, the poor quality of football. Steve Bruce left Newcastle, similar kind of football, just wasn't cutting the mustard. We saw it ourselves with Chris Uton, this kind of defensive style, but then you let the attackers work it out for themselves. It wasn't working for us. We bring in a more progressive coach and, and look what happened. We were transformed. If we do move Cooper on, I would hope that the hierarchy are looking maybe for another Graham Potter kind of manager or another Pochettino, somebody who's young and up and coming, who's got good ideas and is somebody who is very much on the up. And given the the profile of player that we brought in this season, I, th- I think that would suit the squad that's in place as well. Yeah, if you change the manager, there's no like proof that it's going to change again. You might just get another manager in for the sake of bringing a manager in because we're not, and we he might not win for the next six games. So what what are you actually um, trying to solve if you? Just keep changing managers every um, every five minutes because he's got to obviously learn um, learn about the players and what they're like on and off the field, and so you still look like square one, aren't you? At the end of the day, but um, yeah, trouble is everybody wants everything. If you lose three on the spin, you're in trouble, and, and obviously Steve Cooper's uh, in a bit of uh, trouble here. But um, and you know, like he says. He's got credit in the bank from the fans, but I don't. I don't think the board will um, let him off that easily because of the money been spent. But hopefully, I'm wrong. But it's football doesn't surprise me anymore with um, the goings. What happens at Watford? But if you um, if you go through the wrong door there, you get the sack, don't you? So um, and then obviously Bruno Lago, he's ultimately struggled and. They've got rid of the manager. It's just, it, yeah, football is like, it, it's a strange business. And But we'll have to just see what transpires in the next um, coming days and weeks. And next up for Forest, it's another Monday night fixture at home to Aston Villa. We will be back with you after that game with our match report. And if there is any movement, in terms of managerial head coach hot seat, then we will be back with you, I'm sure, to reflect on that. So it's thanks to Tom. It's thanks to Chris from Leicester Till I Die. And thank you to you, listener, for joining us. Until next time, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.